0: Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla, And we're thriving in a small
1: town. It's Caffeine and Jasmine and Drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Plink! Hey, Shiloh. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm okay, although I find both of us stuck in the middle of a moment. We are both trying to accomplish so much in this crazy-ass world, and it is on a butt for you but even with the things I accomplished, there seems to still be like gray clouds overhead.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're in this moment of, of being forced to innovate. Um, and as we've talked a thousand times before, right? Innovation, with innovation comes risks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there are risks involved in all of this. And, I don't know. We, we just is. went to a new kind of delivery service delivery model with a team model. You just finished a play. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of those things are risky.
0: <laughs> and it seems like no matter how much we accomplish, the criticism is like a waterfall these days. Like people got to step it back. We've got to measure the criticism too. Like I think the fact that people are accomplishing right now is crazy enough, let alone to be harsh to each other about it. Are you finding that too?
2: It, yeah,
1: I, I guess yeah. you know it's just it. It's just trying to find a um, a balance. I hate that word. We hate that word. But uh, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out, like, no matter how you feel about the the politics that circle around all of these things, you know, there are there are things that we know to be true. That if you've been around someone who's sick, you probably shouldn't be around other people, at least mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, So, you know, just running into that and trying to figure out how do we make people or help people to understand that, you know, the greatest risks can be just not... I guess, buying into what's happening in some mm-hmm. capacity. That doesn't mean you have to believe everything and you have to take everything in, but yeah. But I think it's erring on the side. And, yeah, right. Erring yeah. on the
0: side of being respectful and graceful, right? I think that's what we're trying to do, especially with our small organizations and our small towns of trying to accomplish so much. But you're, you talk about this risk thing, and I found an article in the Huffington Post that is the seven reasons why Ooh. risk-taking leads to success. So what do you think? Should we, should we check out this list?
1: yeah i think it's a good idea Uh, well and and it it's a uh seven reasons why yeah uh women it's about women why why women should take more risks yeah because i'm feeling appropriate can i
0: make a confession i'm feeling a little bit like the criticism coming these days is not the criticism that would hit up men in the same way it's hitting up women like i'm i'm feeling a little touchy on it right now
1: so yeah you know one of my pump songs is the man so I know touched. well. So. T Swift, I, I mean,
0: she's kind of our spirit animal, so
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but let's take a list look here. Okay, so this list for women in the Huffington Post of seven reasons why risk taking leads to success. So the first one here, Shyla, is great. Otherwise unforeseen opportunities often come from risk taking. Do you ever find that's true? Have you ever found like a time when like you know taking that risk led to other really great opportunities?
1: yeah I mean, I'm thinking about two two things that were pretty risky um, as we were you know in my role at the Karen cupboard. and one of those uh, was th- th- there's a whole long story and i I won't um, uh, bore you with the details of it, but basically at the end of the day, there was an opportunity for us to get some help with the building that we were w- that mm-hmm. we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know any of the i knew one of the people on the executive board of the 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 place that held our mortgage but i didn't know the executive director um, of the housing authority i didn't know basically anyone but i knew that there was a possibility based on some historical events that happened um that we could really leverage some kind of deal to make The transition to our, we were transitioning to our own 501c3. Mm -hmm. Um, The building was being transferred to us, but that was going to come at a cost of at least, you know, the tax transfer and all of that stuff. Um, and so I took a giant leap of faith and I emailed, uh, Brian, uh, with the, the housing authority and asked for a meeting with the executive team. And that day they decided to take back the building and mm-hmm. we could be in there basically rent free. There, there's a whole, there's more to that. Right. But, but, but by taking know, that day, risk,
0: you actually open yeah. the opportunity for it to, to, make for better financial stability for your organization. Right. And without putting yourself out there, you just wouldn't have that. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I I guess I just, I I went into that thinking the worst I could hear was no, and then we'd figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. But the best scenario would be that we could figure out some way to, to make all of this happen. And sure enough we did and we didn't have to pay for the transfer of the building and you know there was there's mm-hmm. a whole lot and now we don't have to have we're not saddled with the building at the end of this when we when we move mm-hmm. to our new home um that we're gonna have to offload so yeah that was a big like okay well <laughs> here we go well and it was <laughs> an opportunity you
0: didn't even know was coming right so sometimes the risk is a good thing so so number two on this list is taking risk shows confidence and helps you stand out I gotta say, I definitely find that's true. Like, especially, I find it as a woman that if I take the risk, and sometimes I can be a small of a risk of like being the first one to talk at the table. You know, when when it sits there in silence and nobody's responding, and somebody Mm -hmm. has to start it. Sometimes just taking the risk of starting the conversation, I find really does show that I'm confident what I have to say, that I'm thoughtful in what I have to say, and that I'm not afraid to start. You know that I don't need to follow someone else's opinion in that. So, which is super super true. Building a building nonprofit theater programs, it's all in showing your confidence. Like you need to know that you can pull the thing off. You need to because it's not just a one little thing. It has theater has great risk in it to begin with working with students has great risk in it to begin with because they're unpredictable right it just happens they're young and they're yeah. unpredictable um and so i've definitely found that that showing that i'm not afraid of taking that risk does show confidence and a lot of times that's what what other educators will say they appreciate about me is i w- i will try it i will try to do the theater in the middle of covid and then be able to be a leader who helps other people do the same thing you know That's
1: yeah. the other piece well and, and that idea mm-hmm. that it helps you stand out like i've I've literally been told that I was underestimated, Mm -hmm. right? That was recent for you, my friend, yeah. yeah. And And it burned. When when you you are are told that basically that you didn't, uh, until you did that thing, Mm -hmm. you showed confidence and, and, and made yourself stand out in some way, I guess it's easy for people to say, well, Maybe You're that's right. not your real house, or <laughs> maybe that's not the thing that, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, we're we're out to prove them wrong, right, Jess? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So number three, we learn from risks, and those lessons may lead us on an important and new path. Yeah, I think it's we're both people who stop and do sort of a post mortem of risk in pieces. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, that's like a huge piece to this. So, you know, being able to say um, I can learn from it. Maybe it was a risk that that there was something for me to do a little bit different. I, I actually just had this um in in doing, putting on a live show in the middle of COVID, um you know, in a very controlled way. I actually overplanned how we would handle mask rotation for the students. Like, you know, basically just like athletics, when they went off the sidelines, they had masks on, but when they were on the playing field, the stage, they didn't. And I had it yeah. over overplanned where every time a student went off they would get a new disposable mask and mm-hmm. actually what I learned from that you know, yes I took the risk in us even doing that but what I learned from that was was that I actually overplanned it. it was making it more cumbersome than it needed to be many of the students could keep their same mask on them and it, I was but sometimes I was learning and so it was a good lesson for me to remind myself that sometimes you over is not not so great either so but if I hadn't yeah. taken the risk to even do that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been reminded of that.
1: Yeah. Well, and sometimes the information that you can draw out of of the risk that you took is really helpful in shaping what you do. A couple of years ago, we tried a subsidized uh, CSA program. So mm-hmm. basically, a um, I remember, this. you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, a, a, a um, crop share, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we. You know, it, it was a it was a, a cash upfront kind of idea. We, we did get some grants for that, um, which ended up working out well. Um, but what we learned was there's so much volatility within the families who we serve and just the ability to continually be um, present for that and to pick that up and to, to pay the money and do all of those things. But what we actually really, when we stepped back and we looked at okay, it wasn't a great thing, we probably wouldn't recreate it in the future, but what we realized was there's a huge amount of attrition to CSA programs no matter how they're conducted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we didn't actually see it as a big of, as big of a quote failure as, you know, maybe we thought in the moment, like, man, this isn't really working out. Mm -hmm. But when you have that opportunity to go back and really like think about and process out and look at what you've done, um, sometimes you can learn something from that. And actually it's, it's helped to inform me in a couple of other decisions Mm and how we kind of figure out what are meaningful things for our families to take away, because we learned about their preferences of vegetables and fruits and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was just interesting right. how like what something that someone might have seen as a, quote, failure really became mm-hmm. something that we were able to glean so much knowledge from. Right. So I didn't see it as a bad thing, I guess, in the end.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that, too. So the founder of Girls Who Code, you know I'm a, a huge fan of hers. Um, her name is Rashama Sajani, and she talks all about how she worries that there, that in the hope for perfection we're never brave like she says we're so afraid to take a risk and make a mistake because we always want to be perfect that we're not brave and mm-hmm. how much we can learn from making those mistakes and how you know if we would just have a culture that wasn't so much about perfectionism and that goes along with exactly what you said sometimes you try something and it doesn't work out but you can learn so much from it so why are we afraid yeah. to have any failure is is absolutely true uh, number yeah. four and five on here are really related to each other. So success won't fall in your lap. You have to pursue it. And you don't achieve your, your dreams by playing it safe, which is so true, right? Like you're never going to grow to the next thing if you if you play it safe all the time. Um, So yeah. I know you see this, particularly you, you do so much grant writing. Don't you think like grants are like the most vulnerable thing on earth? Like you put yourself out there because you have to like tout the thing for your organization. You have to toot their horn. You have to admit yeah. what you need. You, like it's so vulnerable. Horrible. but if yeah. you it's not going to fall in your lap if you don't pursue it and you're not going to achieve the dreams all on your very own if you're playing it safe all
1: the time right right yeah, yeah. exactly and, and you know i i guess i just don't fail to talk about what we do at the Karen and cupboard to basically anyone who will listen um and that offers me the option the the opportunity i guess to really think about my elevator pitch and what Mm -hmm. works and what doesn't. And so, you know, I'm always kind of testing out new vehicles for
2: that. (laughs) So I'm
1: sorry, friends who have all heard (laughs) the elevator pitches about whatever, but, you know, just trying to figure out what's important for our families uh, and and individuals and and supporters of the care and coverage to Mm -hmm. know about what we're doing. Um, And so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I kind of work in that, like, if you speak it it mm-hmm. like you can speak it into life almost um, and not well and if like you a say weirdo, it but, it becomes yeah. real right
0: like and until you yeah. say it and I always think that you know it's interesting I always think that that if you can't say it out loud to your best of friends like but once you do then it becomes easier to tell it to your friends and then it becomes easier to tell it to your acquaintances and then it becomes you know that you have to get it out there and, and why can't it be true you know why can't it, yeah. why can't those dreams be true so you yeah, number 6 we already talked about just a little bit of bracing risk taking helps you overcome a fear of failure do you
1: have the fear of failure i'm asking the question i already know the answer to <laughs> um i would say that my fear of not being enough is greater than my risk my fear of failure Ooh, for sure that's deep, yeah. my friend yeah i mean i i there are some things that i don't want to fail in mm-hmm. um But there are other things that I think I've insulated myself against, like, an abject failure of, Mm -hmm. like, which is helpful, you know, having a really uh, wide net of people who you can call and rely on um that's definitely I, we talk about this right one of our tenants mm-hmm. of coffee beans and booze is having your group of people who have who bring different things to mm-hmm. you that you can rely on and i am so not the expert. Mm-hmm. yes i'm not the expert in a lot of things <laughs> but i have people who are which is really great a- it's absolutely a way to, to handle life yeah
0: now absolutely how
1: about you? How's um, your, uh, my fear of failure
0: is Well, my fear of failure is big <laughs> and you know that. Like that's that kind of feeds in my perfectionism thing because I will not I will literally procrastinate doing something because I'll be afraid that I won't do it well enough, which gets back to your am I enough thing because I usually can yeah. figure out a way to blame myself for something that doesn't work out well instead oh, of yeah, realizing we're so good oh, at it. We're so good yep. at it. We're like, we're champs at that, yeah. man. If only that was like an Olympic uh exercise. I could totally win it that way. <laughs> so yeah, the fear of failure is tough for me, but I am really pushed by The people that I get to help by what I do, whether that's through technology um, at higher ed, you know, I can truly see the outcomes of what I do. So that fear of failure for me, um, I can be so patient with other people. So like that's okay. Or, you know, at the school district, just knowing that what I'm doing is really helping them with their lives. So you know, and and I think for me that really leads into the final one here, the final step here, which is number seven, which is take a risk that doesn't mean that doesn't mean doing it haphazardly, right? Mm-hmm. So when I take a risk or when you take a risk, it's a really measured risk. Like I wasn't like, oh, gee, I'm just gonna put on theater in the middle of of a COVID because it doesn't matter. No, I'm yeah. gonna create a collaborative environment where students need an outlet and provide something to our community in this way that's very controlled and you know where we thought about everything and we've done it in a nurturing environment low stress level high careful nature of what we were doing and things so it was very much planned and not haphazard how about you you take risks but in controlled ways
1: yeah and i think that would definitely be something to offer our clinkers is the idea that uh, you have to invest in the bird's eye view Mm of of uh, um, of some kind of venture right like you cannot just say I'm going to ask for X thing so that I can do X thing. Mm -hmm. You have to think through what are the contingencies of that? What does that look like? What are things that, how can this fail? How could this be successful? What are the things that kind of put it all together? And, and, I, I guess, you know, I discovered that not everybody has that, that ability for, for vision and mm-hmm. to be able to implement, you know, that kind of thing. But that's where you lean into other people to talk about and to think through you right. know, the risk that you're willing to take. You know, does this make sense? What are some mm-hmm. things that I didn't think about? Um, You know, and and the more you practice doing that, the easier it becomes because then you don't feel like you're taking that all on, your, on, all your, on so, yourself. All on yourself. Well, right? and it's
0: funny yeah. you should say that
1: because as I was researching for our conversation
0: here about risk taking and all of the things. The other side of that is, is to not second guess yourself, right? That's the other piece to that. And there's so many yeah. studies about why women second guess themselves. What, usually they don't second guess themselves on their own. It's because of some type of outside piece. And some of the things and the principles that I found were like things to not second guess yourself are to trust your intuition but also to reach out to a group of advisors for advice to put your mind at ease, right? And that's part of the thing. Right. When you're going to take risk, have people around you that you can bounce those ideas off. Of. It's one of the reasons that you and I, our friendship and our love for doing for our community and our personal and our business lives all intersect because we're constantly mixing those conversations, right? We yeah. could be talking about Animal Crossing one week and how I've completely abandoned my poor little animals with their pumpkins, you know? <laughs> and the next minute we're talking about, do you think this is safe? What if I do this? How about the spacing? What about this location you know we mix those conversations because we're advisors and so many of of the people in our lives are right you know definitely so so so
1: important to find mm -hmm. those people that you can trust and and that's how you move forward right? right like some of the things that I've been encouraged to do um, you know, there's there are thousands of things we could talk about and the risks that we've taken. But some of those things I I was a little reluctant to to do because I wasn't sure if it would make sense in the end or if it would be something that, that maybe my board would be supportive mm-hmm. of or those sorts of things. And so being able to flush out the ideas and really get to the good points of those mm-hmm. ideas is helpful. And when, when you're going to present those ideas to your board or going to present them to, you know, important mm-hmm. stakeholders in your organization or that sort of thing, or even in your own life right mm-hmm. making a decision in your own life and then having to explain that decision to parents or a spouse right. or whatever like it's really good to have those conversations that's why gal pals are important right it is it is a, a big <laughs> thing you know
0: um the one last principle that i found here about stop second guessing yourself i wondered what you thought about this one because so much of this are things that i think you and i are talking from a place of actual practice today but the last do principle here was set a date to review the decision in the future so you can stop worrying about it in the present and I thought that was like genius do you ever do that do you, are you ever like I've made the decision now I'm gonna set it aside and go with it and but on this particular date I'm gonna come back to it
1: <laughs> no me either like I will be like I'm
0: sure we'll revisit that and then I maybe do if it still has the same importance or the same whatever or maybe I moved on to the other 25 now things right
1: yeah, and I think that's probably really just indicative of, like, how we're in, in our worlds. You both at the college mm-hmm. and in theater and me at the Karen Cupboard. Like, it is just putting out dumpster fires every day, <laughs> right? Like, we start
0: every one of these podcasts before we actually hit, re- like, record. Every single week, we're like, um, <laughs> how you doing? Good, good. I'm fine, fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. It's fine. Like, and we're so not fine, right? You're right, because it's just the thanks. constant dumpster fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, and then the small fires that caused the the dumpster fire. So yeah, that's the, that's the problem. Is like I think we spend so much time, <laughs> and you know I'm sure our nonprofit friends can can mm-hmm. uh, relate to that. It just like we spend so much time putting out the small fires that that happen. And geez, like the eruptions that just mm-hmm. that happened that happened on Friday. We got three pallets of food and we weren't expecting, and we were not ready for right. our communications team meeting and just trying to pull everything together. And it's you know thankfully everyone's nice and we're all friends
0: so shyless speaking of taking risks and uh, doing exciting adventurous things and doing all of that I we are so excited to have Olivia fairball on today and you are quite the fangirl aren't you
1: I am I do love Olivia because she's so authentic and kind and she's just so willing to share her time and talent and I don't know I just I really respect her from from that perspective so
0: yeah absolutely well I can't imagine that our clinkers will not agree
1: Hey Shyla, how's it going? Oh man, I'm so excited for our guest. You're like the biggest so fangirl ex- I've I, ever I seen I in my life
0: right now. You are losing your shit. And I can't, I, I got to tell you, I love it because you know I can't hold ever down my enthusiasm and yeah. all
1: day I've been waiting for this, but you
0: are losing your I shit. Know,
1: I know, I know. I, Olivia is like, she <laughs> is know. like the embodiment of like everything I want to be. She and Palmyra. Is, yeah, she's Palmyra. She's talented and gifted and humble and authentic and all of those things. So hi, Olivia. Yay, welcome. Yay! Hi, my oh, my gosh.
2: Hello, that was so sweet oh my gosh we love you and we adore you for so many reasons
0: you know and so for quite honestly for so many reasons you don't know and I'm ready to tell you my secrets of all the reasons I love you (laughs) I'm not even kidding but before we before we even get into all of that and all the fangirling and all the fangirling could you for our listeners who we lovingly call our clinkers could you please tell our clinkers a little bit about
2: yourself yeah, my name's Olivia Farabaugh. I was born and raised in Palmyra, graduated in 2013. Go Cougars! <laughs> um, I started playing guitar uh, in fourth grade, and I've just been super blessed to have it. I almost gave it up in like high school, and I'm so glad I didn't, because now that's what I do. I'm able to be a musician, um, singer, songwriter full-time. I was doing hair for five years. I worked at a salon Mm -hmm. for almost seven, and I was able to gradually – get out of doing hair and now I'm able to do music full time, which has been such a blessing. So hundred it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Like you
0: don't have to sell me on the, on the artist life. You know, um, I I'm so proud to be Palmyra theater's director at at PHS and I love it. We're so proud of you and we love to call you our own, yeah. um, and in our town and we love the influence you still have on so much of the youth
2: of our community. Um, but you're, where are you right now? Where are you, where are you, where are you heading these days? Mm-hmm. I, so what I'm up to, well, um, I'm living in my camper mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much full time.
0: I love um, the camper, by the way. Love yeah, the camper. Oh, Are you loving camper you. life?
2: I'm loving it. It's yeah. so, it's like so simple and it just seems like even when there's like chaos in the world. hmm you just it's simple. Like that's one thing that will always just be simple. That's amazing So I I love that. You know, I get overwhelmed by like too much stuff and too much and so it's perfect. As I yeah, have a perfect. basement
0: full of thirteen years of crap, yeah. I fully understand that. <laughs> so and I you have don't both mean been much, yeah. we have both been on the mission to uh, divest ourselves of crap. Yes, and absolutely. so I appreciate that your your RV only has so much space, your camper only has so much space. And I do, I love it. You share a lot of your life on your social media. Like I know where you are in your camper. And I know where you're performing. and I know what you're doing, but it's not just about where your venues are, but you do, you share your camper, you share your life with people. Is that important to you that part of your brand is sharing your life with your, your fans?
2: Yeah, I, that's such a great way to say that. I mean, thank you so much. I feel like that is my goal to be able to give people a glimpse into what I do, but like, You know, for me, I feel like mental health is something that just in the last couple of years I've noticed have really been a part of the message that I've been wanting to portray because, I mean, I'm on my own journey with anxiety and my own insecurities. And so I feel like I've been trying to be really transparent about that because so many people that I look up to do that. They're Mm -hmm. very open. They're just like, hey. I had an interesting day today and that's what I learned about it. Let me tell you how I got through it from morning to night, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like this quote helped me today. And so I've really noticed that that's what I look up to people for and Mm -hmm. I want to be that. I want to be able to let people know it's okay not to have a good day. Like just to embrace it and get through that. Well, and it's so amazing. Like
0: when we were reading our our pre-show interview questions that we send out to our people, you know, you talked as equally about the awards you've won and the amazing accomplishments you've had as music, but you are sure to mention the fact that you are an advocate for mental health awareness and how important that is to you. You know, what is it about making sure that message is out there, particularly right now in our world where we know not only is mental health awareness like important, but I can't even imagine that battle we're going to have in the next, for this entire next generation yeah. of living through COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we know that, that the real tragedy that's going to come here is not only our physical health, but our mental health too. Like what, what it was it about your mental health journey that has made you say, I'm going to share this because I want to make a difference to other people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of come really naturally. Um, even before, um, the covid Mm -hmm. things started, I realized that that's what I wanted to share. But like you said, especially now, you know, there's such a stigma Mm -hmm. against talking about mental health. Like, especially when I first started going to therapy, I mean, how many years ago, probably five years ago now, I was ashamed of it. I Mm -hmm. thought, I felt kind of weak mm-hmm. going. I felt like there were so many things like, oh, I, I can't tell people that I'm going, mm-hmm. you know, it just felt like that was something sure. that you should keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. And now as I've been growing in that, I'm like, why is that a thing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, people go for runs every day. Like mm-hmm. I go for a run or I go work out and that's something I'll share, you know, throughout my day. But why shouldn't I be able to sh- share? Yeah. Yeah, I have to go. Well, and it's funny you say
0: that because I find that you know I'm very open about the fact that I've had an incredible therapist for for several years. Mm -hmm. I often say to Shiloh, like in another time and place, we would simply just have coffee and she'd be one of my besties, like kind of a deal. (laughs) But I'm so thrilled she has that distance from me as my therapist, and I'm really open about it. And I find. That the second I say like, oh, I had a therapy appointment this morning, or I'm really glad I talked to my therapist about X, Y, and Z, (gasps) other people respond either the same or they say to me, would you mind sharing, you know, the practice or the name because I find that I need someone. Do you find that that as you share your experience, other people share back?
2: Yeah, I think that's been really encouraging too when I started saying this. Um, that there is like a okay, like I feel safe with you to ask you mm-hmm. to really open up to you. And I've always been like, I don't know if there's like a weird energy around me or what, but I feel like when I was doing hair, especially, like not bet. <laughs> I, uh, like, be, by the way, I wanted
0: to say that being a, sal- a salon artist is like being a therapist uh, yeah, for totally. sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, my gal is,
1: Jess yeah. knows more about my yeah. life than most people. <laughs> well, and I think <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know you know terribly a lot about you in terms of like how. Like your orientation in terms of like whether or not you're an empath, but I I'm an empath a thousand percent. You and take I, on all of our I find that people will be like, hey, let me tell you about my life, and I've like barely met you. Like I I yeah. all like the people. My mom would always tell me that I have a friendly face, like that. Was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have a friendly face, have shy, a friendly That's why face. we all dump all our problems at your doorsteps. I know, but it's, it's funny. I have both a love and a total I'm so sorry face for Shiloh, who's had to deal with so much of my life uh, in that empathetic way. Yeah, but it is good to know that you're surrounded by those people. But but not only that you're surrounded by the friends who can support you, but that you can have the experts in that area. You know, like I always say to my kids, if you had a broken leg, you would go to the doctor to fix that. You right. know, if your emotions are off, you yep. should be able to have some, maybe your brain needs some help, yeah. you know, and, and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Does that translate to your music
2: some? Do you, do you ever bring that in, oh, into your music? Yeah, 100%. I mean, honestly, I feel like, so looking back, you know, when I was in middle school and, you know, through mm-hmm. high school, too, I didn't realize I was, like, having panic attacks. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I just knew, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to be a moment, and then it was just trying to get through that, and usually then I would take my guitar, and I'd sit, and I'd write, and I'd try to just process it out, but i didn't know what i was going through Mm -hmm. at that time and even looking back i'm like wow did my music really Mm -hmm. help me through that and you know like i feel like we always talked about mental health in in health class you know you talk Mm -hmm. about physical but it really wasn't like it wasn't talked about in a personal way like it was just like oh you could have this and this and this and it was pretty much like and this is really bad if you have all of this That's right you know? and it almost but made it, you like a. Natural. here's a warning
0: warning red yeah. light should go off in your head versus but like there's
2: something wrong
1: right right and it's it's an right. active active naming things that makes it that solidifies that like this is an actual thing and i'm not alone mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i love that you take that on this mission of like saying you know I, I don't know if you know this olivia but my my background actually is in mental health previous mm-hmm. to being I didn't at the, know that. yeah previous to being at the Karen and cupboard i actually worked in community mental health for uh, about 10 years. The last uh, six of those, I was um, in a psychiatric hospital. I did admissions for a psychiatric hospital. Wow. And Such so, yeah, yeah. So, it's you know, it's really cool. Like, you know, sometimes the act of naming things can be harmful, but it can be so rewarding on the other side. Well, too. it can like, also be a little yeah. bit
0: freeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have not because um, I think from a mental health standpoint, because you want to label yourself as something. Mm-hmm. So many times people right. are like, you it's just amazing. want to label. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, but I want to be able, when, once mm-hmm. you kind of have a, a little bit of a diagnosis or something like that, then you can research, you can work on, right. you can something, right? Which kind that of helps. That is so in some true. Way. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, Shyla and I joke about ADHD sometimes and, and I have I have a touch of the ADHD, ADHD <laughs> a little more than that. And, you know, being, you know, I, I grew up in the 80s long before the two of you and, and we didn't do a lot of diagnosis, particularly of girls. And it's been so good for me though to be able to research that. Yeah. Not because I want to walk around the world and be like, oh, I have ADHD. Yeah. Or people want to be like, but you've accomplished so much. And I'm like, yeah, you can be both. Right. But it makes me understand myself a bit yeah. more, you know? And, and I'm sure, yeah. and I'm sure your music, helps people understand themselves you know um yeah can you, can you tell us a little bit I bet you have a story or two of a fan that 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 sticks out to you of how you've touched them what what's sort of like your favorite fan story
2: uh, you know I've been really I've been really fortunate in so many ways I'm trying to think of um, I know that was a, a hard question <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we ask the hard questions question. here on coffee beans and booze it was but, yeah, such yeah. a great question so Honestly, I I was able to have a really cool experience with a family. I did a project called Memories to Melodies. And Mm -hmm. I, I this was one of my favorite projects. So cool. And
0: I love that you frame your music in projects and things like that too. You know, just working with creatives all the time and working with young students at the high school. Like, I love that you do that, that you think of your music as this large vision, which just is so
2: inspiring, Olivia. I can't Mm -hmm. even tell you. So thank you. So tell us a little bit about it, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, now it seems it's probably been, almost two years since this was but um I did a project around local people I wanted you know I have shared my stories and my perspective of things you know through my music but I thought how cool would it be for somebody else to know what it's like to have a song written about their situation Mm -hmm. like even my sister and I when we were in high school like you know she'd have a breakup or whatever it would be and and we would just sit in my room and we would write a song and if it was good or not back then we didn't care you know it was like just this process of just getting it's it out it's so, cathartic right mm-hmm. it's cathartic yeah, yeah. It was, it just felt so good. And we actually, we just found one of those songs recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent it to her in my voice memo. I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyway. I love so, that. I love that so much. It's so funny. <laughs> It's called Alien World. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> We're all going
0: to go g- Google Alien World. and right? see what comes <laughs> up. Absolutely. Oh
2: yeah. my gosh. But, um, so I, I had this idea. I'm like, how cool would it be for someone else to know what that's like? So I started just putting the word out that I was looking for local people's stories to write songs about. Um, And it was all sponsored by the PA Dairymen's Association,
1: um, which was
2: amazing. Mm -hmm. And half of all the um, EP sales went to the fill glass with hope campaign so yeah. they help feed um, families through charitable fresh milk in Pennsylvania. Which so, the Karen covered is a recipient of. So look at full circle. I, like I, that's what I mean. Like,
0: like Olivia, so if so I so took so the time yeah. to say all the reasons we are a fan, it would literally take up our entire half hour yeah. with you. Like, I'm not even kidding <laughs> <Thank> you. you. <laughs> because you... For being as young as you are, I am so amazed at how yeah. much you use your music and your talent to do such
2: incredible good. Right. Like we'll tell the rest of the story. But anyway, <laughs> um, I will stop. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a I, I forgot how we got on that. Yes. Um, I get off track too. So <laughs> yeah, the story about um like a fan moment, but I got to meet this incredible gentleman. He was ninety-eight years old and he was a World War Two vet. And that was one of the the stories that mm-hmm. I got. Um, and so they would send a story in and then I'd set up an interview. So <laughs> I got together with this guy and his family and it was like two hours. You know, I said like two words. I yeah. mean, he, he had a story spoke, to tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it was amazing. And all I could think about was like, how can I encompass this amazing life into three minutes? Like, how can I do this? And. So i was just praying i'm like let something (laughs) come through like let just let me hear the right like hook what's the title like Mm -hmm. and at the end of our conversation his daughter said oh you need to tell her what your slogan in life is and i'm like oh this is so good so it was the devil don't want me and god doesn't need me yet so that's why i'm still here Mm. and i'm like
1: I want to listen a that slogan, was great country song. <laughs> I was gonna right. start I know, of a great country. You were like, song, and, right? and
2: based
0: on that, I'm now moving to Nashville. Like absolutely <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm packing yeah. my bags. 100. <laughs> percent The yeah. camper is so. on the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it was amazing, and um, he had he had since passed away, and his family actually asked me to come sing that song at oh. his funeral.
1: Oh.
2: And that amazing. was so like. Just touching to me. It, I was so glad that I could have you know given that to them and mm-hmm. that memory to them and the fact that they thought so much of it to have me at that incredible moment so, so that was probably the coolest yeah that's pretty amazing well and, and, and that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the coffee beans and booze like
1: we, we talk about this our clinkers are gonna be like oh my god can you please stop saying they're this? gonna but drink to that yeah, yeah like we we just really so much believe that there's so there's room at the table for everybody and Olivia you you, you really are like an embodiment of that right like you don't mm-hmm. say no to things you're present you are a part of people's lives like you know for for to go to somebody's funeral who you barely knew let's be honest right mm-hmm. like you knew yeah. him for a nanosecond of his life but you were willing to be a part of that story and to make that so difference cool. and, yeah. to,
0: and to know that sometimes what a difference you can make just by being you yeah you know you were you with your music, doing the thing that you love, knowing yeah. and having faith to be honest that it's going to make a difference in other people's lives. That's that's just an incredible gift. So Absolutely. cool. Thank
2: you. So you cool. guys are so sweet. I oh. feel like you're totally like filling my bucket right now. Oh. Good. That's well, we all. like to fill okay. buckets. It's yes. one of our main yes. missions yes. and part of our brand yes. is to fill the bucket. So you know, sweet.
0: one of the reasons we started Coffee Bees and Booze was because we are just surrounded by this mm. community of incredible people. And if Palmyra PA has these amazing women doing incredible
1: things, the world needs to know about it so one really cool thing about you olivia is that you were a contestant on uh, a show right at one point it's, yeah it's like a, a kind of a
2: well-known show maybe uh, 100%. a hundred percent
1: yeah
2: <laughs> just it's kind of a small thing you yeah. know it's a yeah, small yeah. show
0: <laughs> so tell yeah. us a little bit about that so you were part of
2: the season 10 of the voice right right so yeah, yeah. so
0: tell us a little bit about like what was it like to be the small town gal being on the big time tv
2: yeah, it was kind of insane. I mean, it was really insane, <laughs> especially coming back. I was I was still working at the salon at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool because everyone would come in and they're like, what's going on? Like, tell us, tell us the details. And so it was really cool. And I, and I just felt like during those months, like when everybody knew then what was going on, mm-hmm. like, man, do we have so many awesome people in our community? you know, that just really went Mm -hmm. out of their way to make that moment in time so special Mm -hmm. for me and just kind of like, doing doing the Palmyra thing you know raising everybody up and well and so that is the that thing so like cool. it's so funny because
0: awesome. we we often talk about how we live in this like pennsylvania New dutch community of people who are kind of like to be honest they kind of stick to themselves sometimes mm-hmm. especially with like they're very humble people they're that yeah. kind of thing but what one of our kids yeah is like and mm-hmm. i shouldn't call you a kid but you were like 20 at the time you know like yeah like when yeah. one of our people is like doing something exciting yeah we will like burned down the field to talk
1: <laughs> about it. like yes. for real it's like so right. how did you
2: get there yeah. like what was yeah, the, what was the is, process? like how did you like, yeah.
1: get to where you were
2: yeah yeah it was crazy i actually um <laughs> you can you can go back and listen to the ep that they found but it was on um i forget what website i had all my music on and they one of the scouts just emailed me through this crazy. it was prisoner of war was the first ep that i ever had out and, um, that's what they found when I look, when I listen back to that EP, I'm like, that's what they heard. About. <laughs> it's like, if they heard my stuff now, right? Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I was like, um, oh my gosh. So it was super cool. So I got this email. I thought for sure it was a scam. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is not, this is impossible, you know? So they asked me to come for a private audition. So I went Uh, To New York City. It was the street off of Times Square. Hmm. And my dad and like my parents were there. My sisters were there. And it was just a number Mm -hmm. above the door. And it looked so sketchy. You're not going in there because you're not going in. (laughs) So, so like he walked in with me until we saw like they had their badges like farther in, and like okay, we're good. Like we're fine. It's okay. It's legit. Yeah. It. Well, it was. It was weird. But I hear um, you. When I do
0: Broadway stuff, like I go and do Broadway training in the summer times, and I walk into RWS Studios, and it's literally like it's just a building. It's mm-hmm. just a thing because this artistry happens in real life but yeah. we don't expect it. Like, right? We expect no. it to be like this giant golden arch. Yeah. Of,
1: like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And base, it's just yeah. real
0: people doing real stuff. But man, I can't imagine <laughs> so like, yeah,
1: it, it, like you're 20, you've mm-hmm. got this you're your dad and you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for like something that's like, this is like a pivotal moment in your music career, right? I mean, I can't believe, yeah. I can't imagine that you didn't see that as anything else. Or being like, I could really right. do this shit. Yeah. Like yeah. I like to like yeah. es-
0: excuse my language there, but I bet you were <laughs> yeah. like, I can no. do this shit. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did did your experience on the voice like inspire you in that way? Like, was it a pivotal moment oh, yeah. or were you already on that trajectory?
2: No, I wasn't. I mean, so at that point I was playing um local gigs. Mm-hmm. I was playing at Babes. Shout out to Babe. Yeah. <laughs> <first laughs> we lost some babe's wings. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was my first bar gig. And I remember, so one of the stylists got me in there from the salon I worked at, and he grabbed my tip jar, and he went around the whole bar, and I remember coming home that night, and I was like, I can make money doing this, like, this was so much fun, and so I was hooked then at that point, so Uh this was still in the beginning of that, so I was playing small, um, little little venues, and awesome venues, but Uh just starting to try to get in that you know yeah. flow but still doing uh, hair full time and um yeah so once i got on this opportunity with the voice it was a total eye-opener mm-hmm. yeah. like, like this is a career like someone you. saw me thought that i was good enough to be this mm-hmm. like that yeah, yeah that's right that's like such
1: reinforcement right 100%. yeah oh yeah.
2: my oh my goodness yes and so it really gave me a lot like to believe in myself like okay this is legit and to kind of see this is the music industry like at that point I didn't know a lot of people like my age playing out around. I didn't really have like a community of mm-hmm. artists that I really knew at that point. So it was so cool. Cause the friends that I've made through the voice, we're still friends now. Mm-hmm. Like That's awesome. I feel so blessed for that. Like Grace Lear, she was actually just on American Idol. She got to the top 10, mm-hmm. but like we ran together during the voice. Like it was just yeah. like so cool, you know, to see everybody as they're rising up too. But yeah. I mean, I remember the day of the blind audition, like just the the energy that was there was right. just unlike anything. It was amazing. And so it was a little bit of like coming back after that, mm-hmm. you know, I was like okay it was kind of a culture shock <laughs> right yeah. like re-entry right it's yeah. kind of like yeah. when people study abroad yeah. I'm like
0: we need to treat this like a space re-entry because yeah. that's what it's like and I bet it was oh, for yeah. you too yeah. had
2: it totally mm-hmm. and so I thought it was so funny like after you after you get off stage they like take you um and they have you talk to a therapist mm-hmm. but it's like a can you sign this paper so we know you're not going to go crazy? Oh, like, that's fascinating that
0: that's part of the oh. process. But I'm going to be honest with you, Olivia. You I love okay. that, that 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 is part of the process,
2: to be honest yeah. with you. Like, not I that thought I'm it sure was very good. Yeah, yeah, not that
0: it isn't part of checking of a box, but, like, artistry and mental health go hand yeah. in hand. We yeah. often focus on the negative of that, but there yeah. is such positive to that as well. I mean, that's really uh, Wow. Yeah. That blows yeah. my mind. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
2: think it would have been nice to, like – and it did. At that point, because of where my head was at, it felt like they were checking a box. But I think if I would have been like, no, I'm not okay. Like, right. I think that they would have then taken another step. But at that point, I'm like, well, I'm a little upset because I didn't on a team. But, right. you know, it was. It was really interesting, like, you, how you brought that up. It, like, mm-hmm. it does. It does. You know it makes being- me think we should have a therapist at the end of every show i'm not going to lie like <laughs> if they, like i you know shyla like i have so many
0: conversations with you about how our children are, our children yeah our students are um, handling the end of a show the yeah. end of a production because there is like wow. the, there's the joke about the after show yeah. whatever and Olivia I don't know if you know but last year we worked with Broadway um, creators to do the high school version of Amelie we were the first people mm. in the country to do so it's this big thing so awesome. and it was so cool our friend Jake Wynn who I'm going to ask you about in a minute here and he was leading that like it was fantastic yeah. but there was definitely a letdown afterwards because they were such a mm. part of being the creatives on such an important project mm-hmm. and then it came to an end yeah. and that's Hard for adults, but it's especially hard for students. And I, I often say to Shyla, if I had it to do over again, I would handle that just a little differently, and yeah. that we would still meet each week, even though rehearsals were over, just to mm. process through that. And that kind of sounds a little bit like your voice experience of that you're part of this yeah. giant thing, and then you have to have reentry to real life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and so true. Yeah. You still got
1: to make a buck, so you got to return to the. You got to come back and cut someone's <laughs> hair, like yeah, yeah.
0: and yeah. You can color, so it and it yeah, color in the spin, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> (laughs) hundred percent so for you what type of inspiration did you take from that though okay so you had auditioned for the voice um they went on with the season all of that happened you returned to palmyra how did you use that experience to inspire Mm -hmm. what's been an incredible career which we're going to talk about here in a minute of where you are in this great journey that you're going through you know um like how did you use that experience that maybe didn't turn out just like you would have loved to have had it but use that as an inspiration
2: yeah 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 it lit a fire under me that i did not (laughs) know could Uh be lit Mm -hmm. you know i was always i'm very competitive i -hmm. I mean i ran track and cross country Uh like i'm a super competitive person so i think for like some reason that like came out in me like Mm. all right i can do this like you know, and, and, I, and I think it came back to the piece of, like, I, I believe in myself even yeah. more. Because it, before that, I was like, okay, I can do this as, like, a side hustle. like, mm-hmm. But then coming back from that, coming back to the salon, I had a lot of, like, finding myself again. Like you said, like, kind of reentry into that world. But now who am I in this world that... I've now grown. I've now grown in this experience. and so just trying to find myself in that, mm-hmm. I think was yeah. was an interesting time, but also really inspiring. And so that's when I knew i I needed to do this full time eventually. Um, financially, I wasn't in that place yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I've had little goals, which is so cool, like looking back at this because my dad always says he's like, Olivia, you've come so far, but you, have, you feel like you haven't because I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's next? And <laughs> yeah. so I think this is really cool, like looking back because at that point, so I was still doing hair full time, playing a couple gigs. And when I came back, I'm like, I need to play gigs. Mm-hmm. Like I need to make enough money to at least go part time doing hair and start kind of working that out. Um, and that's what I did. And so through that process, playing more gigs, I got in contact with um, a college market um, mm-hmm agency mm-hmm. and started playing college shows mm. and that income has allowed me now to be full time mm-hmm. doing music. That amazing.
1: It, it was yeah. so cool. I feel you Olivia. Hell hath no fury like a woman underestimated, right? Like yeah. I <laughs> like that is yeah. like my like mm-hmm. I hate to be underestimated and like I feel like you we we jive in that. Like mm-hmm. you were underestimated in some capacity there, right? Yeah, like yeah. I'll show you. I'm
0: gonna show you I, what I'm yeah. Yeah. Gonna, I And now. then came <laughs> yeah. then came a marriage a camper and you do have a hell of a (laughs) lot of travel like I watch you and I'm like look at her in Nashville and I'm not gonna lie during COVID when I saw you do your first show especially like in Nashville which I know is you're 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 looking forward to moving to Nashville right that's sort of like your next goal your next I'm looking
2: forward (laughs) to it um but you know in my mind I want to come back here as like have my base down there, but mm-hmm. still travel here to do shows. Because I just have, like, that's the only thing that makes me so sad is, like, the community of people that I've it's been It's an able incredible to community.
0: To it really is. Around um, here. I, yeah. I have confessed this to the clinkers before. I've confessed this to Shiloh before. When I, I went to school at Lebanon Valley College and I swore I would never live in this area. Mm-hmm. And I ate those words, of course, because mm-hmm. I married a man from here. And I love this community. I yeah. literally, I have never in my life felt so much a part of things. And I can totally understand, Olivia, why you want to make sure you never yeah. lose those roots here because it's just yeah. an incredible place. And you have used your voice, no pun intended, but yeah pun intended Mm -hmm. there, Um, (laughs) to influence some youth in our area, one of which is a dear friend of mine, um, Jake Wynn, who is the son of our number one fan. We even call her Jake's mom. Shout out to Mindy Wynn because she's the best (laughs) momager (laughs) I've ever met, right? She's amazing. Oh, she's awesome. You spent some time with Jake. You spent some time with Addie. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about... Why you invest that time? I mean, it would be really easy. I can't imagine how competitive your time is just in that you've got a lot to do. You've got to write your music, prepare your stuff, travel to your places, do your, your pieces here, like so much going on. But you really prioritize making sure that you have time to mentor these students. Can you talk a little about why that's important to you?
2: Yeah, I feel like there's so many pieces kind of that go into that. Like, um, number one, I had an awesome guitar teacher when I was growing up, Steve Kreider, shout out to him. Shout out to the educators in the world. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, To all the educators, Mm -hmm. because what an influence he made in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I so wish, I mean, he passed away when I was a senior in high school. And I'm like, man, did he make such an impact on me? And so like, I just want to be that for somebody else. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said earlier, um, just briefly, I was going to quit doing mm-hmm. guitar mm-hmm. because I was overwhelmed with sports. I was overwhelmed with school. And the world and tells you remember... you have to make choices, right? Yeah. The
0: world tells you this. Like they're like yeah. so often, you know, we, we're told we have to make a choice mm-hmm. between sports or the arts or arts and academics mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and so I remember bawling and I called him and I'm like, I just can't do it. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. And he's like, you're not quitting. He mm-hmm. goes, you're not quitting. I will meet you at whatever time I can meet you. Mm-hmm. So he would meet at 8.30 every Wednesday night. He would go in, have dinner with his wife, and come out and have a lesson with me. And so I was so moved by that and so grateful for that. So I just, I'm always like, you know, music has a way of bringing people together and healing and doing so many incredible things. And if I can help anybody that wants to be on the same journey, it's hard. There's a lot of rejection mm-hmm. in it. I'm sure as you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. which is, this is why I'm just so grateful that you guys are like, totally filling my bucket. Cause like lately it's been like a lot of no's mm-hmm. and then you'll get one. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's like, yay. And you then celebrate mm-hmm. those. It is. Yep. Yeah. You the champagne. It's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a hard, it's a hard road sometimes. Yeah. It is for sure. So if I can, if I can be any help to someone who wants to do that, mm-hmm. I, I want to. And, Well, I can tell you you
0: are. I don't know how much you've talked to Jake lately, but I will tell you, you know, his efforts through COVID. And I had some students who really just needed to take a break Mm -hmm. to say, Mrs. Booker, I'm I'm a bit depressed, Mm -hmm. or I just need a break. And Mm -hmm. I honored that. And I was like, okay. And then I had some students like Jake who were like, I'm going to use this time to write music, to be out there, you know, playing out where it's safe outside. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this time to kind of focus myself. And, you know, I hope that you know the difference difference you're making in these students' lives because, you know, Thank like you. I said, I know Jake even more than I know oh, Addie, yeah. and he yeah. has used your inspiration. I mean, he will literally say to me sometimes, well, Mrs. Booker, you know, Olivia does this, and so I was thinking this thing, oh, and I wondered what you so thought of sweet. it, and mm-hmm. I don't know that you always get that feedback, and, and yeah. you know, I know that your career is about, you know, moving to Nashville, and we will definitely make sure we're cheering you on from Bermire, Pennsylvania, yes. but please know that no matter how far you're going, your influence on these students, yeah. what they're doing, these young musicians, it's felt, yeah. it's felt every day all the time and I should be very proud. It's it's really something and yeah. it's about what we believe in here on on coffee beans and booze is about celebrating all those goals. Yeah.
1: And we've all gotten to yeah. where we are because of people who believed in us mm-hmm. and it's really awesome at yeah. your age and and where you are and your talent and all of those things that you still say I'm humble enough to be able to repay that. It was so super awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You oh, thank you really embody yeah. so you much of what awesome. of what is. You. No, no
0: you are. You know we're so proud to to call you our own. I almost yeah. feel guilty in it sometimes. It <laughs> Like, well, Olivia Fireball, we you maybe win. saw her in Nashville or you maybe saw her somewhere else, but she actually belongs to us. Yeah. Like, I, I get on catty like that, but yeah. 100%. But, 100%. 100%. So, well, we thank you so much, Olivia. Yes, we could amazing. probably talk for hours, like we see so yeah. many of our guests, but yeah. it's so amazing. But before we go, we have three questions. Three questions. That we ask okay. every single guest. It's the yeah, only consistent okay. thing we do in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, what is your favorite coffee beverage?
2: Oh, okay. Well, I am currently obsessed with it's. What's it called? Apple, coffee cake. Oh, oh, I'm so it's, intrigued. It's the beans. So we just got a French press. Okay. So we've been grinding these beans. They're from um, Lidditz. Oh, okay. It's called, what is it? Waff? Uh, I should know that. It's amazing. Okay. I'm literally just like a straight coffee bean with like some stevia. But Love. this coffee mm-hmm. is amazing and yeah. it's so good.
0: Isn't that the deal? Like when you have like a local whatever coffee that is so oh, good because so Lititz is not very far from us. Like that's amazing. They not only do they have Wilbur chocolates and grape pretzels, but is it Sturgis pretzels?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And fantastic coffee. Wilbur. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, Shiloh here handles so question number two for I us do. here. She does. Yeah. So uh, we want to know what's your favorite cocktail mm. or, or <laughs> beverage. What are we, we drinking while cocktail? we're sitting by the camper? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Mm, okay, well, if it's summertime, a mojito, a 100%. Mm, I'm
0: right here. 100% you. a mojito.
2: Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, I've been into like fall and winter. I really like Tennessee honey, just like on the rocks. <laughs>
0: we have some downstairs, Shiloh. We might have to go do a little after this. i yeah? saying. Do a little,
2: like, oh, as if it's drunk, yeah. but have oh,
1: a whiff. <laughs> I have to go back. <laughs> Is it whiff
2: roasters?
1: <gasps> yeah yeah yes okay okay, okay. We'll to, i'm we'll like i couldn't remember what it was yeah
0: rock on oh, with oh i'm
1: totally gonna check that out yeah i have a friend my college roommate is uh she lives in lititz and oh. i when you said that i was like i wonder so i quick went on my insta and found it and it's with roasters we can and, yeah. find everything through yeah. the google yeah. machines
0: yes,
2: it's google machines. yes. awesome Amazing. okay
0: yeah. so we're gonna have some whiff coffee yes. we're gonna have a little bit of honey whiskey you said that right
2: yeah, Tennessee yeah. honey. Yeah, we have some
0: downstairs. We Ooh. might have to go we might check that out. out yeah. Although, maybe not today. We'll see. <laughs> 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 and then, our last and our final this is truly our final favorite question, always, Shyla, yes. kick it off.
1: So, Olivia, seriously, what is your passion? Because there are about a thousand I'm hearing, right? I know, so, I love like, it. if you had to narrow it down, what is your passion?
2: My passion. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really hard. Okay. If I have to pick one, My passion would be writing songs that can make a difference in people's lives. Like if if I have to make, if I have to like pick one, Mm -hmm. that would be it.
0: Well, we love it and yes. we love you, which is no secret. Yes. We are fangirling beyond belief over here. It's we are true. gonna clink to you, my friend. Yes. Thank, thank you. you so incredibly oh. much for yes. everything that you are and everything you give to our, our community. And further, that's yeah. the fantastic thing, is that I think sometimes I think our desire is to actually have Palmyra community like permeate the whole world.
2: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for being who thank you are. You. And uh we, we appreciate everything about you and and good luck. Thanks for listening. I'm Shiloh. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town.
2: It's Caffeinated Jasmine and Drunk Shiloh. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.